Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Staff Actuary Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. In today's episode, we will be looking at the relationship between education and longevity. Evidence suggests that there is a stronger correlation between the two than many of us may have realized. Joining us to talk about this is longtime CIA member and former president Rob Brown, who recently authored a paper examining the evidence on this topic. So thanks very much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity to speak to the membership. So to start off, uh, maybe just tell us what motivated you to take on this research in the first place. Well, you know, I've always had a dual set of interests, one in education and one in matters pertinent to actuarial sciences. So this was kind of a wonderful combination of the two. Besides, back in 2003, Joanne McDade and I had done some research for the Society of Actuaries on factors affecting retirement mortality, and it seemed like a good idea to update this research. So we had supply, my time, and I thought there was some demand, and they matched up very nicely, so away we went. So it looks to me like the main message from this literature review is that more education results in greater longevity. Is it really that simple? Well, this is the focal point of the paper, Actually, I guess I should say it's the focal point of the 42 papers that I reviewed. The word results is interesting. There's an obvious and strong correlation between educational attainment, and let me emphasize those words, educational attainment and longevity. But to say there's a direct cause and effect may push the evidence a bit. So there remains a bit of a question. How is it that education drives longevity And that's what the rest of the paper explores. What I found was that while educational attainment may not cause longevity directly, it affects many other socioeconomic traits, such as income, smoking habits, obesity, tensions around employment, and income security. So when we talk about education, I know that education can stretch all the way from kindergarten to university and beyond. So is there a particular level of educational attainment that is more important, at least when it comes to having a longer lifespan? Yes, we have quite a bit of evidence that finishing a college or university degree is very important. That is, there's a strong dividing line between those who have finished a degree and those with other levels of education, which is kind of interesting. Also, the longevity differences by educational attainment are widening. We'll talk about that a little bit more in detail in a second. Three papers state that education and the mortality association is predominantly causal, but the strongest analysis showing the link between educational attainment and life expectancy is a very recent paper by Case and Deaton, in fact, published this year in 2021. They find that there are significant differences in life expectancy between those with a college degree they generally refer to that as a BA, and those without, and that the gap is widening. Since 2010, those with a BA continued to see increases in life expectancy, but those without actually saw declines in their life expectancy. So a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned some other factors, uh, things like obesity, socioeconomic status, uh, that have an impact on mortality. I'm just wondering, is there a cause and effect relationship between these factors and education? And you know what drives what, uh, which is responsible for the other, if anything? In the paper by Deaton and Paxson, they show that at the individual level, 
Both income and education are separately protective against mortality. However, Valent and Mukamal suggest that education is a more significant cause of differential mortality than other differences in socioeconomic status. Differential trends in smoking-related diseases explain at least 20% of these differences. Beyond the differential change in smoking, there is now a national trend toward increased obesity, especially in the U.S. As with smoking, obesity is more common among the less educated than among the better educated. Further, recent research suggests that obesity may contribute to nearly as many deaths as tobacco does. Although the population health consequences of obesity remain controversial, the obesity trends into the future could further widen socioeconomic gaps in health. It's interesting that lately we actually have seen, for the first time in a long time, declines in life expectancy in some sectors of North America. Now, I think uh, part of that is the opioid crisis, and obviously we'll have to see the effect that COVID will have once uh, we're able to assess that. But is it possible that education could be driving this as well? Yeah, well, a well-known U.S.-based researcher, Olshansky, found that U.S. adult men and women with fewer than 12 years of education had life expectancies not much better than those of all adults in the 50s and 60s. When race and education are combined, the disparity is even more striking. In 2008, white U.S. men and women with 16 years or more of schooling had life expectancies far greater than black Americans who had fewer than 12 years of education. The differences were 14.2 years more for white men than black men and 10.3 years more for white women than black women. These gaps have widened over time and have led to at least two Americas, if not multiple others, in terms of life expectancy, demarcated by level of education and racial group membership. Socioeconomic inequalities and mortality are increasing rapidly due to the continued progress by educated white and black men and white women and stable or worsening trends among the least educated. Moreover, more highly educated individuals not only live longer lives on average than less educated individuals, but also live a greater proportion of their lives in good health than do less educated persons. There seems to be a lot of American experience in the literature uh, covered in this paper. Do you have anything specific to Canada that you can speak to? Well, not much. In fact, uh, the literature covers the whole world, at least the developed world. Uh, there's one paper by Wilson published in 2009 that is based on Canadian data. And then there's several papers done by OECD that include Canadian data and oh, 20 to 22 other countries. Now, one question that came up as I was reading this was the quality of education. Does that play a role? Because we know that some university programs are more rigorous than others. And, and certainly we see that some geographic areas, even within the same city, uh, you, you may see better school systems in one part than the other. Does this have any role to play in all of this? I couldn't find any data breakdown that could be referred to as, quote, quality of education. However, these life expectancy relationships that I've been referring to hold up in just about every country studied around the world. So the base correlation, I would suggest, would stand up regardless of quality of education. 
So I guess one important question is, what can we do with this? Uh, how can policymakers use this information to perhaps improve life expectancy for the public, especially in those sectors that are, you know, are, are lagging behind the others? What can we do with this? Well, Chris, despite increased attention and substantial dollars directed to groups with low socioeconomic status, within race and gender groups, the educational gap in life expectancy is actually rising, mainly because of rising differentials among the elderly. With the exception of black males, all recent gains in life expectancy at age 25 have occurred among better educated groups, raising educational differentials in life expectancy by 30%. Life expectancy would have increased more rapidly if it had increased in all socioeconomic groups at the same rate as in the highest socioeconomic group, that being highly educated females. Thus, one possible and very straightforward way to reduce educational differentials in adult mortality would be to shift more and more people out of the lower portions of the educational distribution into more advanced educational categories. As was clearly the case across birth cohorts for most of the 20th century. A growing body of evidence suggests that enhanced investments in education at the population level may also double as investments in long-term health and longevity of the population. Hey, that's interesting stuff. Do you have any closing remarks before we wrap up? Well, just to say that um, in the few minutes that we've been here together, not even 15 minutes, uh, all we've been able to do is give the listener an appetizer. If you now want the feast, go get the paper. It's not long. My version in, in my computer is, I think, 22 pages plus references. I would note that the findings in this paper should be of interest to actuaries in the insurance and pension industries who, in their pricing and reserving, need a deep understanding of life expectancy. Finally, as we referred to, investing in education is a way to improve lifestyle while also improving the longevity of the population, a double win. And to conclude, conclude, as one of the authors in the 42 paper stated, if you want to live a long life, stay in school. Great. And we certainly encourage everybody to watch for this paper on the CIA website. So thanks once again for talking to us today about this uh, research. It sounds very interesting. No, thanks for the opportunity, Chris. I really, true, truly appreciate it. Very good. And, and we now have several dozen episodes in our podcast series, so we certainly encourage you to subscribe. Uh, you can do so through Spotify, Apple, or whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. And if you like today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating or a comment. We would like to hear from you as well, so please send us any suggestions or episode ideas to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. And just to mention, we're always looking for content to add to our Seeing Beyond Risk blog. So if you have some ideas you would like to share, please contact us at seeingbeyondrisk at cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.